Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer together and exhortations from the Scriptures. Today is the Feast of the Triumph of the Cross, a day when we think about the instrument of our salvation that Jesus used and that He tells us to embrace each day, the cross. There are key Scriptures that bring us the meaning of the cross in our lives and understanding the cross is a key element of understanding how to defeat the culture of death and build the culture of life. So let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and delve into His Word. You can leave your prayer intentions in the comments throughout the program. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the cross. The tree of glory. You said that it was the hour of glory when you were lifted up on that cross, a moment that many would consider a time of shame and defeat. But you made it victory and glory. And you tell us to take up our cross each day, because in denying ourselves, in humbling ourselves, we are exalted by you. Forgive us all our sins, Because sin, Lord God, is a way of exalting ourselves above and against you. Instead, give us continued repentance, a life of virtue, and help us walk the path of humility. Because there we find the strength to embrace life and to make room for the other. We ask all this of you, Lord Jesus, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Let me share two scripture passages with you. The first from the book of Numbers. With their patience worn out by the journey, the people complained against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert, where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. In punishment, the Lord sent among the people Sarah serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned in complaining against the Lord and you. Pray the Lord to take the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a seraph and mount it on a pole. And if any who have been bitten, look at it. They will live. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent and mounted it on a pole. And whenever anyone who had been bitten by a serpent looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We also have this reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, 
and found in human appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at Jesus' name every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Good Friday, we venerate the cross. It's part of the official ceremony of the, the liturgy of the Lord's Passion. The priest holds up the cross and says, Behold the wood of the cross on which hung the Savior of the world. And the people respond, Come, let us worship. And then people walk up one by one to the cross and kiss it. Brothers and sisters, we are venerating the instrument Jesus used to save us. He went to the cross. Of course, he humbled himself just by becoming human, unwrapping, if you will, the, the glory that he had from before the world began and taking on, as Paul tells the Philippians, taking on the form of a slave. And then he humbled himself even further by being counted with criminals and crucified between them. People looked at him and thought he was a wicked criminal unless they were among those who came to know him. But he took on the form of a, of a sinner, though he had committed no sin. That was foreshadowed on that seraph serpent on the pole because there was no poison in that serpent that Moses created at the Lord's command. And yet it looked like there was. Just as Jesus appeared to be a criminal by being crucified between two thieves. But there was no poison in him. In fact, the opposite was true. There was healing. Now this is not magic that took place in the desert. By looking at the seraph serpent mounted on the pole, the people were not engaged in some superstitious ritual Remember, they and the people and Moses were obeying the command of God, the same God who would send Christ as Savior. They were obeying God's command, and therefore this was not an exercise in superstition or magic. It was an exercise in faith, foreshadowing Christ, embracing Christ in advance, if you will, the one who in the form of a slave, in the form of of a, of a sinner actually brought the very healing from sin was actually the very antidote of the evil that he was identified with. As Paul says, Christ for us became sin so that in us sin might be destroyed. Those who look at it will live. They had to just look at the bronze serpent and so we look at the one who was pierced for us. And looking at him 
is another way of saying faith, believing in Him for the forgiveness of our sins. We know at the same time that there's another dimension to this is that we must carry our cross. Now Christ paid the debt. He dies once, never dies again. But we are, as members of his body, caught up into this mystery, this paradox, that by suffering and death, we enter into glory. The paradox of the cross. We now, even though Christ has won the victory, we ourselves must still go through the process of giving ourselves to him, uniting ourselves with that victory, by carrying our own cross. And what does that mean in practice? Not just accepting the sufferings that come to us. What it means in practice is what Paul says to the Philippians, take on the mindset of Christ. Take on the attitude of Christ. That is, humble yourselves as he did. He was and is eternally equal to the Father. He is God. And yet, he humbled himself. We are called, to, in taking up the cross, <clears throat> another way one can say it is to embrace humility. To avoid asserting and exalting ourselves. As we know Jesus said elsewhere, he who humbles himself shall be exalted. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. We see so many instances of that Tower of Babel at the beginning of time. The people were exalting themselves. The rebuke that God gives to the king of Babylon in Isaiah 14, sort of like the other side of the coin to this Philippians 2 reading where here uh, Paul pulls aside the veil and shows us the thinking of the Holy One, that humility, obedience even unto death. Isaiah pulls aside the curtain and shows us the thinking of the evil one. I will exalt myself above the clouds, above the throne of God himself. Now that's the arrogance behind the culture of death. That's the arrogance behind the culture of abortion. That's the arrogance of pro-choice. Because you're saying, my choice ultimately is what matters. No, it doesn't. That's not the center of gravity, of what is good, what is right, what you should do, what brings fulfillment, is not your choice. It's God's will. That's the difference between pro-choice and, and pro-life. Pro-choice, that exalts oneself. That's, that the words themselves are saying it. It's my choice. Pro-life Life, a gift given from God. Life, a decision already made by the Lord who creates that child. Life, something that we must protect. So what, what happens in that process? We have to protect the life. We have to welcome the life. Well, what has to happen in that process is that we put our preferences aside. Mother Teresa always said uh, we, teach the, we overcome abortion by teaching the mother how to love, how to set aside what she thought were her own plans, her own preferences. And we know it doesn't even mean that a mother can't pursue her goals. It doesn't mean she can't have an education uh, or, or pursue a career because she's a mom. 
doesn't mean that. It's not an either-or choice. But it is a reconfiguration of one's life and priorities. So we, set, we learn to set ourselves aside to make room for the other. That's the humbling of ourselves. I'm not in charge here of every detail of this situation. I'm going to accept the gift of this child and show the adequate respect for that life by putting myself aside and welcoming, making room for the other. Even though, in my own way of thinking, it would have been better otherwise, Christ Jesus humbled himself, humbled himself, did not exalt himself. This is the key to the culture of life. Humbling ourselves even by accepting that there is such a thing as God's law and there is such a thing as moral truth. Because in our woke culture, there is no such thing. People just decide on their own truth, decide on their own morality. That's exalting yourself. That's pro-choice. And that's why they don't care even when we show them what an abortion is or the damage that it does. Everything is, oh, well, it's just your way of thinking, your way of evaluating it, your opinion. And they think they have their own universe to live in. No, they live in the same universe that we do, and they are under the dominion of the same God that we are, under the same command, choose life, and under the same consequences. If you choose death, there will be curses. God says, choose life and blessings, or death and curses. We get to choose which way we want to go. We don't get to choose the consequences. Choose life, then, that you may live. If you choose death, you have curses. This is the mystery of the cross. Let's pray for the strength, not only to carry our cross, but the strength and the enlightenment and the wisdom that so many need, who are tempted to throw their cross away, resort to the violence of abortion, and then think that somehow they've solved their problem. Let's bring them and all of us back into the presence of the Lord. Father, we, we pray that the many people who are in despair and do not want to take up the cross of, a, of an unexpected child will realize that that child is precisely the way to their fulfillment, not an obstacle to it. That humbling themselves to accept your, your will, your choice to bring that child into being, your law that tells us we can't kill that child, that humility that requires us to realize that our choices are not the center of the universe or the center of gravity for our lives. But rather, Lord, when we put you there in the center, when we embrace that cross and become obedient to your law, to your command to choose life, there we have the ultimate power and freedom, exaltation and fulfillment. Bless our people. May this feast of the cross inspire and instruct so many to see this truth. Save lives, Lord God. Save the lives of your children as a result. May we save those lives by giving that example of humble obedience. It is the truth of your word that shows us the mystery of the cross. As Paul tells the Ephesians, as we do battle against the forces of Satan, who did the deceiver of the whole world, 
we must put on the belt of truth. In that truth, Lord God, we see that it is in embracing the cross, in humbling ourselves, that we find the fulfillment, that we find life. May your people choose life. Lord, we pray for all those right now who are tempted to have an abortion. Give them your grace to avoid that mistake. Bless all those who are counseling, whether on the sidewalk or in the pregnancy centers. Bless all those ministries like Rachel's Vineyard, Silent No More, that are ministering to the people that have had abortions. Bless all those, Lord God, who are fighting for life in political battles, legislative battles, and in the courts. Bless all of us who are part of this pro-life movement. Bless furthermore, Lord, all our viewers and hear all their prayers, those that have been expressed in the comments, those that are in the silence of our hearts, prayers for health and wisdom and guidance and discernment, prayers for consolation, and prayers of praise for victories that you have given them in their lives. And we sum up all these prayers and praises in offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, it's always a great joy to be with you, uh, friends. Thanks for all your comments and encouragement and for your prayers. For our ministry, it's going great. And uh, the Lord is giving us strength and joy, opportunity, vigor, and many successes. Let's continue working together, praying together, promoting this program. Connect with me on social media, FR Frank Pavone, on all the major platforms. And uh, connect with our main website too, of course, endabortion.us, and our broadcasts on endabortion.tv. And finally, please do support our work, prolifegift.org so that we can continue doing all of this life-saving activity, prolifegift.org. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.